This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to create better clients, a better practice, and a better life. This is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. We are in uh, one of the most challenging times I've ever been in in our profession. Um, not only do we have um, a health crisis, we just just have a brand new, really major tax bill and uh, bill for entrepreneurs. Um, we have a uh, busy season going on. I mean, it's, you know, this is, it's March, April, where, I mean, this is, uh, you know, we don't get busier than this. We have to get, a, you know, we got all the stuff done, due, due by July. And so we're managing, I find we're managing our family. We're managing our health. We're managing our our employee situation. We have to be working from home. Not ever, not all of us have. We're set up to work from home. Um, we're managing and we're managing our clients. And right now, I'm finding actually that managing the clients is one of the most challenging parts of it because they are all looking to us to lead them from a financial standpoint over the over the next several months or years. So we are very fortunate today to have a um, very well-known guest, Tom Rath, who is the uh, most his most recent book is Life's Great Question: Discover How You Contribute to the World. Um, he is Amazon's top-selling nonfiction author of all time, and uh, and really just an expert on leading under adversity. So. Today, what we're going to discover is how, how do we deal with all this? How do we lead? How do we lead our family, our, our um, practice, and our clients? So, Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for inviting me to join you. So, Tom, if you would, just give us a 30-second background. Um, tell us you know, what you do and, and why, um, why you're doing so many interviews right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've spent the last 20 years kind of studying the intersection of uh, individuals, people, and organizations, and how we can help employees to have better health and well-being and engagement in their work because of the big organizations that they're a part of. And you know, it's it's, it's fascinating right now. You mentioned everything changing, and uh, it, you know, it's it's notable that when you're talking about a, a group of uh, CPAs and accountants and everything they're dealing with right now, that uh, you didn't even mention we're in the middle of a big financial crisis right now, which causes a oh, lot yeah, of that. clients. Okay. Ever, yeah. So um, it's, you know, it's really an unprecedented moment where everything feels like it's turned upside down. And, um, you know, part of my background is also I've been studying uh, global well-being and what, what are kind of the central elements of what we need to stay sane and eventually thrive during better times. Uh, and so it, it's fascinating to look at uh, everything that's going on right now. And, you know, as you talked about all of the challenges challenges facing accountants and advisors today and the upheaval, you know, I, I can't, it's hard for me to think of a, a more important role for everybody's clients and the people that they serve because uh, in conversations I've been having both with business leaders and investors and with friends, I mean, they're they're as concerned about their financial health as they are about getting the coronavirus right now, frankly. And I think one of the things that I've learned from broad population studies of 
we did a, I wrote a book many years ago called Strengths-Based Leadership, and we asked followers around the world, so just everyday people, what are the things you really need to keep moving through your days and to get more done and to feel good about it? And, you know, the, the two of the first things people mentioned were stability and hope. And uh, I, I think right now, advisors, financial advisors in particular, can really help people to understand what they can count on what stability will be there. And as you talked about the some of the implications of the uh, new fiscal bill that hopefully will uh, be kind of codified and formalized here very shortly, the, if, if there are any little nuggets of hope that your audience and CPAs out there can deliver to people about how things might not be as bad as they're imagining right now, and there is some hope for the future to kind of keep things moving and keep things alive, that's a pretty valuable contribution to deliver to some people today because, you know, this, I know we're just kind of diving in here, but my background's in psychology. And one of the things I've learned is that when we don't hear anything at all in the absence of communication, we have this hard wiring to assume the worst. So we're able to protect ourselves essentially. And so anything that um, your audience can be doing to kind of over communicate to help people feel they have more stability today and a little bit of hope about what could be okay in the future is pretty valuable. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that. I've been on the phone literally all day, every day with clients this week. And uh, if not clients, then members of our, our uh, accounting firm network. And um, what I'm finding is that they, they really, they want to talk about it. They want, you know, you know, what, you know, what can I do here? What should I do here? They're looking for feedback and every one of them is so appreciative when I just shoot them an email and say, let's get on the phone together. I have a, uh, one of our members was telling me yesterday that he got together a group of his dental clients. Of course, of course, dentists are out of business right now. And what they did was, is they just had a forum on, you know, on a, uh, you know, online forum and, um, or a conference call, and they were talking about, okay, what are we going to do in the future? How, how do we, you know, how do we deal with these issues that we've not been dealing with? Um, because we've got time to deal with them, and how do we prepare for the future? And I thought that was terrific, you know, that he would get people together, and, and they want to keep going together. So, you know, he's got, he's actually got a new line of business here um, for himself, of course, because they're not paying him either. Right. So there's that stress from his standpoint, but he's going, how can I help people? And I think that's one of the things that I love most about the CPA profession, because outside of um, the healthcare, in the, you know, healthcare and pharmacists, which in, are part of healthcare, I just have not found another group of people that care so much about their customers and their clients as the as the accounting profession. So I want to go back to something. That, that, that you mentioned earlier, Tom, and that is um, staying sane. So let's start there. How do, you know, a, a leader of a CPA firm, let's say you have 5, 10, 20 employees, 50 employees, how do you stay sane during this time? You know, I think one important element there is, and this, is, this has been my big finding from my most recent research, is that there are going to be a hundred things you do in the next day that uh, as you kind of move through the motions and things you need to get done. But what really helps is if you can take even one moment in a day, maybe two or three, and just acknowledge when you've 
had a conversation that really made a difference for another person or helped to calm someone down who was really stressed out about something. And basically, you know, what I've learned from this recent research, I focused a lot of it based on one of my favorite quotes from Dr. King, which is, uh, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? And I found that focusing as much of your energy in a given day, even especially right now, on what you're doing that is of service and helps another person, it, it essentially gets you out of your own head and helps you to quit looking inward and worrying about playing out worst case scenarios and stressing about things that are inside your own head. And so the very first thing I would recommend to people is, and I, I think probably the listeners and a group in, in your network are doing a lot of things for other people, but you know, it's, it's really easy to fly through a given day with a lot of stressful moments and not take a minute to step back and say, here's a meaningful conversation I had, like you just described that made a difference for this network of people that, uh, someone pulled together. And so that's the first thing I would focus on. And then, um, the, you know, the other element is I think kind of getting back to just central tenets of maintaining well-being, you've got to find a little bit of time to get some activity in a given day. I mean, even if it's just walking around your office on a headset while you're having a call to be up and moving around a lot, that little physical activity, if you have ways safely to be outside and get 10 minutes in nature, boy, at times like this, does that make a difference as well? And then, um, you know, the one that the I wrote a book a few years ago called Eat, Move, Sleep that kind of got to how those central elements of well-being tie together from a physical standpoint. But this is not the time, if you can, to be sacrificing all of your sleep. I think we we need that sleep to stay sane and to have energy through the day and to make sure we do our work at the levels of quality that our clients and our customers need. Uh, so to kind of focus on those central physical elements. And then the you know the one other piece I would say is uh, – to make sure that you're continuing to nurture and develop the health of some of your most valued relationships. And uh, that may be easier to do right now with the relationships you're kind of sheltered in place with, but to also make sure you've got a list of people you're reaching out to, whether those are distant friends, distant relatives, clients, uh, friends from school, whatever it might be, and to make sure that you're focusing on that element, that kind of social well-being and taking a little bit of time for that as well. I, I like that. So, so what I'm hearing is, uh, one is stay connected, um, stay connected with your relationships, stay connected with your, um, clients. Um, that's one of the things that I find is, is that every time I pick up the phone to talk to a client, and this is true in good times or any times, um, they inevitably need something. And inevitably, there's some way I can help them. And so from a, from a business standpoint, it's good business because you know, that I'm, you know, in, in helping my business. Um, mm -hmm. But from a, a pure social standpoint, it's so good. I mean, what our job is to serve clients. There's a reason I found, I found it fantastic that every state that has these lockdowns, um, except for essential businesses, include the CPAs in essential businesses. And uh, my, <laughs> one of my members the other day was joking, he says, yeah, we're saving the world one tax return at a time. And uh, I kind of laugh at that, but at the same time, what we are doing is helping them with loans, helping them understand the law, helping them understand how to deal with employees. So let's kind of switch to that because our employees now, um, they're not stressed about losing their job. That's not an issue 
fortunately, in the CPA industry right now, what they're stressed about is how do I get all this done? So how do you how do you deal with that? Because, you know, normally we would have a busy season that April 16th, we go, all right, we're good. Mm-hmm. Not so much this time because we don't have April 16th. We have July 15th. And then what I'm finding is, is that a lot of our clients are saying, well, I don't want to wait till August, September to get tax returns done because we might normally extend them to October. They want to get them done by July 15th. And so you, you've actually got this longer compaction in some cases. And then you do have, have also, in, and then you have clients who are struggling to pay. So, you know, how do, how do we work? Okay, we, we deal with us. We make sure we, you know, take that walk. I think that's great. My wife and I walk every day um, for that reason, because otherwise I'd go absolutely nuts. How, how do we now take that, okay, translate it first to our employees and then to our clients? Yeah, you know, I think it's really important when you talked about essential businesses right now to acknowledge that there there are not many things that are more important than helping people to have financial stability and financial sanity right now. Um, I, I think there's as much stress being created by that as about anything else out there. So I think to start your work each day by acknowledging that what you're doing is of even greater value than it would be during normal times because of all the things we talked about uh, kind of in opening up this conversation today. So I would, I would start your day with that and make sure you're acknowledging some of, some of the moments and why that matters to people along the way during the day. But it's also, I think the balancing act there is you've got to find a way to do that. That is sustainable for your own routine and your own well-being. This is a, this is a moment right here where everybody's, daily work routine has just been turned upside down. And in that, eventually, lies an opportunity where we can step back and say, okay, what is a sustainable way to work in this new world where I'm working from home, there may be kids running around, there may not be the kind of conference rooms we have to go get isolated work done, whatever it might be, and say, but in this new environment, how can I work in more concentrated doses, maybe in more concentrated bursts. How can I kind of structure my uh, work that I'm doing on a screen versus the conversations that I'm having that where I need to be fully paying attention and listening to someone who's in a real tough spot. Um, and how can I do that in a way that also gives me the time I need to go get some activity. It gives me the time I need to get good enough sleep and essentially restructure your schedule with the acknowledgement that instead of having a finish line on April 16th, this is going to be a longer rolling haul through July or whenever it might be. I I mean, I think that's, that's something that in any profession we're all dealing with right now is there's going to be a new normal, whether that's uh, kind of rolling closures or extended closures in different cities or whatever it might look like. But, we need a structure for our days there where we can stay sane and we think it's sustainable two weeks from now and two months from now where we'll be okay psychologically and physically and we'll be able to get the work done that people need in a reasonable time frame there. And I think kind of what I've learned from my studies of top performers over the years is that top performers in almost any profession, whether you're talking about accounting or athletics or software development, they work in bursts. 
And so it might be 47 minutes on and 12 minutes off each hour. It might be two hours on and 30 minutes off where you're doing other things that kind of clear your mind for a little bit. But I would say to find the structural habits that work in terms of just functionally how you work and then the timing of that as well. And to make sure that you've got some social interaction outside of your isolation pod if you're quarantined for a while each day is important as well. How important is it that we get into a routine um, so that it's actually a comfortable place for us to be? Oh, yeah, I think it's incredibly important. You know, on day one of the shelter in place where I am here in Washington, D.C., my my wife is an elementary teacher, and she had a schedule at 8 o'clock for our kids. It's math class, 9 o'clock, here's science. You have a snack here at 9.45. You have recess at noon. And, boy, that schedule did as much for me as it did for our family and our kids because we have something we on a board that we all look at that we can count on and at least know that there's some predictability until three o'clock each day, like we would have had in our normal world. And so I, I think we might all need to think like that and build new schedules so that we at least have some uh, clarity around what's going on at different times throughout the day. Because if we let it all muddle together, it can get really overwhelming with all of the, the changes and events right now. Uh, and that's what I found. Um, it's, you know, every once in a while, I'll just get overwhelmed and, um, you know, the other day, um, you know, I'm, of course, I'm worried about I've got multiple businesses and some businesses are doing great and some businesses are struggling. And, you know, then, you, and then you know, my wife is, is one of these people that's highly at risk for this virus. And so what what I had to do is I, I found myself waking up one morning saying, you know what, I have one job and my job is to get information to protect protect my family, but to get information to um, clients, to members, and to the public. And I'm going, that's all I'm going to do. And so so for me, what was so helpful was to know, okay, here's my plan of action. Here's something that I've got that I can do over the next weeks or months even. And if I concentrate on that, I'm pretty comfortable that everything else will work itself out. So what what are your thoughts? I mean, we talk a lot about strategy and plan of action in uh, our network. What do you think about that as far as a, a kind of a, 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 a way to, to even help our clients to create this? Because we're really good at it, right? We're really good at planning. We're really good at, at coming up with, you know, action steps. How important would that be for us um, and our clients and our employees? You know, I, I think it's, it's very important for uh individual accountants think about that for their own life and their own routine. But it's interesting when you say that, I mean, maybe that's something that could be of big value and service to some of your client base as well, not just employees, but clients as well, because they're looking for new ways to think about security and structure. And you do, I, from, from my observations, interactions with uh, the CPAs and uh, tax experts I've worked with, they're far better on average at helping people to see and bring structure than people in other professions that I've worked with, frankly. Um, and so I, there, I think in addition to the kind of constant communication we've talked about to help people see how they could have more structure. And I really, I also like the way you uh, talked about how you, I would say realigned, redefined your core mission during this time of upheaval and crisis to say, I'm going to communicate and get as much information out there as possible. And 
that might be a good activity for all of us to do. When I, uh, I've been encouraging people, especially with this most recent book, to kind of re-anchor and say, how can you best contribute to the world? And that starts by saying, what are the big roles you play in life? So for me, it's being a dad and a husband, and it's being a researcher and a kind of writer and communicator and teacher. So how do you kind of come back to those core functional roles you play and then say, based on that, how can you have the most meaningful influence for the people who look to you for guidance, whether that's employees or clients or your community in a time like this right now? And, you know, honestly, uh, there might be very different answers today than you would have had to those questions a month ago. And so it's probably a pretty good time to do exactly what you did, Tom, and step back and reevaluate. Is there a better way and a more meaningful way to do that right now? And then to start to draw some specific plans around it and say, based on what my clients, my community, my employees need right now, based on what I know about what I'm good at, how can I draw some new lines between point A and point B so that who you are is kind of maximizing how you can serve what the world needs right now. And I think when you start to think like that, it also makes these days a little bit easier to get through when you're saying, here's this information I know I need to get out to people who need it most. And it helps to anchor some of your daily efforts and routine to those outcomes instead of just reading all the uh, bad news flying at you on a social feed or whatever it might be. I like that. So I love that. I love the term you used, meaningful, meaningful influence. Um, I'm going to, I love that. Um, so when I, when we talk about meaningful influence, I, I, to me, what that's, that, what it means to me is, is, you know, how can I best, I mean, your, your book is life's great question, discover how you contribute to the world. Right. And then I, I think a, a book before that, it's not about you, a brief guide to a meaningful Correct. life. And, you know, I'm looking at those two together. And, of course, before that, of course, you had Strengths Finder 2.0, which is we all know that book, um, such a such a big, big popular book. But all of this tells me we're really looking at what's our strength and focusing on our strengths. And what I heard you earlier saying is celebrate a win that came from your strength. Celebrate, celebrate wins when you have those conversations with clients. And so talk just, if you would, just a little bit more. I think this is really important right now, more than ever to celebrate wins. Um, how do you do that? Other than just taking a moment of reflection, what, what are some other ways that when you talk to your, your clients and the people you speak to, um, how, do, how do you celebrate, you know, your strengths, basically? Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that I think could have a huge positive influence right now. If you spend some time each day helping, helping other people to spot little victories they might not have noticed to identify talents that they might not have thought about as much. And it's, it's a good time to have some uh, deeper developmental conversations, whether that's with one of your employees, whether that's with a, a client about what they're trying to do and to help. I mean, you can't ever really ensure that you're going to be formally recognized or focus on that yourself. But what we all can do is, make sure that at least once a week we're sending a note to recognize someone who's really made a difference in our lives, maybe identifying something that an employee is doing at a level of excellence that they might not have spotted. And, you know, based on that book, Strength Finder, you mentioned, people always ask me, like, well, what's the most valuable strength? What's the best strength to have? And um, my what I've learned over the years and my answer to that now is that I think the single most 
valuable thing that you can do for another human being is to spot a, a talent or something they're doing really well that they might not have ever noticed in their lives. Because if you don't spot that, it's easier for people. I've seen countless examples of people who go through a whole career and nobody ever noticed something they could do at a real level of excellence. And so it, it gets back to, uh, you mentioned that book, uh, it's, it's Not About You, which I published at the end of 2019 and didn't realize that would be such a central theme of the dialogue this year. But the more you can take that to heart and say, especially at times like this, it's not about you. It's it's about what you're doing to serve the world. And if you can do one thing that helps another person to uh, feel recognized or have some more security or stability about their finances today, or just feel like someone listened to them, uh, that's a pretty valuable contribution to the world. And we've got to, we've got to recognize those little micro moments where we're making a difference for people because it's the accumulation of those that really keep us going through challenging times like this. I appreciate that. Before we wrap up, I, I'm always asking people, um, one of my favorite questions is what are the top, th- you know, what are three things we could do in the next two weeks to make a difference? You know, the, it's a great question. I think the, the first thing I would challenge people to do, I was just kind of trying to reflect on how to boil this down is to, um, Figure out how you can move from an identi- of self-identity of you are what you do to you are how you help. And I think if you can move your identity of what your job is tomorrow to you are how you help other people, if you think through that lens, you're more likely to recognize some of the efforts we've been talking about today. So that's, that's my first one. Second thing that I think is pertinent to the conversation we've had here today about CPAs who are burdened with all kinds of uh, new responsibilities and events occurring today is when it comes to your own physical health, put your own health and well-being first, even if it's just for the sake of others. It's when it when it comes to health and well-being. What I've learned is that you know that old oxygen mask example is tried but true. That if you're not sleeping day after day, if you're not eating well, if you're not getting any activity. There's no way you can do as good a job as you need to for the people you serve and who are looking to you for uh, guidance and reliability and to do things at a level of quality today. So uh, make sure you're putting your own health and well-being first every day. Um, And the third thing I would recommend to people is to um, try and take a moment at least once every week, if not every day, where you reach out to another person and you just think about a really good question you could ask them and then keep your mouth closed, your device stowed away, your uh, phones turned off and really just listen to another person and what's going on in their lives and what they have to say. I I think that um, leaders who can really learn to listen to their employees and their clients and um, genuinely help them to think through some of the things that are going on right now. I think that's one of the more valuable things that you can do for another person today. I love that. It's actually one of our, uh, one of our rules. We have um, rules in our network and one of our rules is we have to ask a question before we ever give an answer. And um, so I love when you say, you know, ask, you know, ask a good question of someone and, and then, you know, shut up, basically um, listen. Uh, what I find when that happens is we learn so much um, when, you know, when I have these conversations with clients, it's really been a lot about asking, how are you? What's going on? 
you know, and, and then I learn things, right? And they go, oh, well, I've got this and this and this. I found out one client that I thought might be struggling is booming um, because, because of what they sell is now being used and it wasn't being used before. And I'm going, I would not, you know, I, I wouldn't have focused on that. And then, you know, he's got another business that's struggling a little bit. So I, uh, I, I, I love that. Um, Tom, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I, I know how valuable your time is. I know that you are in, in high, high demand. When our listeners want to get more information and learn more about everything that you have to offer, what's the, where's, what's the best resource for them? Yeah, there's a, a website with the new Life's Great Question book called Contribify, C-O-N-T-R-I-B-I-F-Y.com, where they can go through a profile and kind of put together how they can best contribute that I'd encourage people to check out, or they can learn more about any of the books at tomrath.org. I love it. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, remember, please subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star review if you like this, if you enjoyed the show. And we always want to hear from you. So please let us know um, your feedback, you know, what you'd like to hear, who, you know, what topics, what um, people, especially this time. And I know your time is is busy and, and it's... Um, and I appreciate that you would take a few minutes to listen to this. I think this is one of the best shows we've ever done. And I want to say thank Tom once again and thank all of you um, for what you're doing for your, your clients. Because as you serve your clients, they're serving their customers, they're serving their employees. And what happens in the end is we end up with better clients and a much better practice and a far better life. Thanks. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.